Across the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by Big Ben Desserts and KB's Coffee in Jonesville, South Carolina. Today we got a special guest with us, a very special guest today. We talked about this interview for a while, man. Um, so we finally able to make it happen. A very special guest. I'm proud to call him a friend, a brother, man. Um, just watching his journey and watching his grind, I'm always inspired by what he's doing. But he's the the owner of Black Sheep Market here in Greenville, South Carolina. Today I have Mr. Patrick Cheatham with me. How you doing, Pat? I'm good, man. Good to be here. Man, it's so... I'm glad to make it on the show, man. Most definitely, <laughs> man. So I, I got to tell you, man, before we dive into the questions and everything, man, like I'm just walking in here like every time, I'm always inspired, man, just to see. You remember when you first got the shop, before anything was in here, we walked through it, you showed me around. Yeah. And then I came back and when the store was officially open, man, you had everything in here, all the equipment. And I'm just like, man, Pat really... Stay consistent <laughs> with the grind, man. So I just just to see everything that you you're doing now, man. I'm always inspired, man. So um, I, I love to see what you're doing, man. So I think people are really gonna enjoy this conversation. So so starting out though, man. This is kind of like an ice breaking for people who don't know you. How would you explain who you are? Like who is Patrick Cheatham? Um, I mean, Pat Cheatham, man. It's, it's it's me in the form of you know, Greenville, South Carolina native. Mm-hmm. Born and raised here. Said local resident, um, father, you know, son, youngest of you know two brothers. Uh, as, you know, a community person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely you know deeply rooted in my community, man. So I'm a people person. You know, people first. Uh, that's who I am. You know, that's what describes me as a person. Way Way Hampton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Talk a little bit about it, like your childhood, and what was it like growing up here in Way in Wade Hampton? Oh man, I, I grew up about five minutes from the shop right here, a um, little town called Taylor, South Carolina, man. Um, just you know, very diverse, a uh, little bit of everybody. You know, everybody got along, uh, but it's, it's definitely a you know just a hardworking you know, middle class people, man. Just just grinding, a lot of blue collar workers, man. Mm-hmm. So. Five minutes from the shop, I spent my whole life on the street, man. The high school on the street, you know, all the middle school, elementary school, right off of the street. This, uh, this home to me. I, I really feel like I never left this street. Right, right. <laughs> Childhood, like, uh, I know you said that you were the youngest. So you had two older brothers. Yeah, I got two older brothers, and I got a, a younger sister. Okay. Who's younger than me, so but I'm the I'm the youngest of two boys. How? What was it like growing up? You know, being the youngest boy. Um, Two older brothers. Um, what was your childhood like, and uh, what kind of things were you kind of interested in when you were growing up? Like? I mean, growing up, really uh, having two older brothers, I just wanted to be like my brothers, really. So mm-hmm. whatever they was into, uh, whether it was sports, definitely a lot of you know football. So mm-hmm. I tried to follow their footsteps. You know, I wanted to go wherever they was going, uh, do whatever they was doing, but particularly in sports, I followed them around all the time. Both my brothers played sports. I just that's what I wanted to do. From, you know, from being little. My dad kept us in sports. Right. That's, that's what we did. Yeah, I was kind of the same way with my brother. He was uh, really like the athlete, man. But I always kind of like, similar to you, like, whatever my brother did, that's why I did it, yo. I yeah, was always. <laughs> exactly. And it was a, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise because as the older brothers, man, you get to learn from their mistakes and, and learn what to do, what not to do. And um, so my brother played football, I played football, he played basketball, I played basketball, and then he went on to play college football at Newberry. Um, But I just got a chance to sit back and learn from him, and he always took me under his wing. Um, Even when he went out somewhere, he let me tag along with him and his friends, so he kind of still, like, showed me the ropes. So it's like the blessing in disguise, you know, being like the younger brother and all, just getting to see what your bigger brothers were were doing. Family-wise, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or? Yeah, most definitely, man. My dad, um, he instilled that in us young. You know, my dad used to own a delivery business. Okay. All the time delivery. And uh, I remember just, you know, being young, him taking us to his, you know, office and watching him go from one van, two van, three vans, you know. And, and that's what he did. He was he was into uh, delivery and logistics, man. So. He used to let me and my brothers come and hang around with him. We'd go on trips out of town with him when he was making deliveries. You know, being an entrepreneur, he was pretty much working it and running it and owning it at the same time. So we saw the grind that, that went into it. And, uh, you know, that was definitely embedded in me from my pops, man. 
Mm-hmm. And we go to his office and he let us clean up the office, you know, for pocket change and stuff like that. So. Did you understand at that time, well, like, that your dad was an entrepreneur, or did you just f- look at it like he was just going to work? Or? He was just going to work, just provide. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, he always, you know, had multiple jobs, you know, even even while he was doing the business, you know. Mm-hmm. So just seeing him, to us, he was really just provide. We didn't know that. We didn't understand and grasp that it was his own and whatnot. Yeah. We, we loved, like, going to my pop's office, and we knew that it was his office, but we didn't understand the belong picture that you know he was owning his own business right because I, I i said the same thing you know growing up well i, I saw my uncle he, he had a lawn care business but i used to just always say my uncle cut grass my yeah, yeah my parents they had traditional nine to five so you know for the for the most part you know that's kind of what i thought we were supposed to do anyway you just work a traditional nine to five which is nothing wrong with that but then i saw my uncle he had a nine to five but only thing I knew really f- growing up with him was, you know, he just went and cut grass and he like he had his own business. He had people that worked for him and they would just go to different places. And sometimes on weekends, like if we needed to make a little, little pocket change or something, he'll let us come along with him and, you know, grab a weed or something and, you know, help us make a little bit of money. But, you know, that was when I I didn't understand the word entrepreneur at that time. And I really didn't hear it at school that much anyway, either. But it was just kind of like my uncle was kind of like the first person I've seen that kind of like had his own business and uh, just trying to learn, trying to learn from him. Um, growing, so when did you start, you know, when did it start clicking for you? It's like, OK, I want to uh, become an entrepreneur. Did you know early on from oh, your yeah, dad? Or? I think, I mean, I, I had a couple of uh, endeavors where I, I tried to dabble in entrepreneurship. I mean, I think the first thing was, uh, you know, we would sell Halloween candy, you know, we would, we would get the candy and then we go and resell it and then, you know, that was young in life and, and then even going into high school man, I, I thought I was going to be a rapper right. so I, I used to do music I remember, CDs, yeah and we, we did it all, so I always had a little bit of like entrepreneur spirit in me you know, I just never was able to put it together you know what I mean, so right. obviously, I, I thought rapping was going to be the ticket <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember the, the rap name. I don't want to say it. I'll let, I'll let you say it if you want to. But I remember. Yeah. But, but you know, if you know, you know. Yeah. yeah but definitely, you know, you, you growing up in your environment, you know, what you're around, so that you know, you kind of you kind of test a little bit of everything and, and see what's your fit. You know, that just wasn't the fit for me. Right. So high school. What did you do? What was your transition like right after high school? Was it college or did you go directly into the workforce? Or like, what was your transition? I, I did go to college. Uh, I went to college. I went to Kentucky State University. Okay. Uh, I, was, I knew going out of uh, high school that I wanted to be a social worker. So I wanted to work with people. Uh, I, I just, I knew that from a lot of volunteer programs and things mm-hmm. I had done. Uh, so I wanted to work with people. Off the gate, I already knew that I was going to be a social worker. I was gun ho on that. So I went to Kentucky State University. Um, I did a, like a year and some change there before I, you know, I came back home and, and did the technical college thing. Um, and there, that was human services. So I always knew I was going to be in the field of serving people somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what kind of skills would you say, um, just like life skills, anything that you took away from, from college and from your um, watching your dad work, what kind of skills did you take away from that that's kind of like help you apply what you're doing now? The biggest thing for me, uh, my biggest attribute, my biggest skill is taking care of people. Uh, that's, that's, it go hand in hand and no matter what I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. this just having to be through, you know, my meat market. I'm taking mm-hmm. care of people through me, but at the same time, you know, I'm taking care of the needs of the community. You know, somebody come in here and they, they need something. They got five dollars. They got a hundred dollars. I make sure somebody leave my store with what they need, and so that go hand in hand for me. Uh, taking care of people, it's all the same line. You got to take care of your customers. Absolutely. And so it never changes. It's always the same for that. So, so how did you figure out that you wanted to get into to this business? Um, like I know we we used to work together. Um, but how did you figure out like what niche or like what you wanted to actually like do? Like being an entrepreneur, I wanted to do something, right? So I always like racking your brain, like trying to come up with the next big idea or the book. You know, during that pandemic, when we had the pandemic, it really hit me that my skill was cutting me, you know, and I, my passion was taking care of people. So mm-hmm. one day a light bulb just clicked, like 
I already have my talent. The talent is, is cutting the meat. You know, I know how to do that. It's a skill you can't take away from me. It's something that, that's a trade that's always going to be needed. And I just figured huh, I can go out here and put this to use with the community. You know, it's, it's people who want their things a certain way. It's, you know, people want one pound or 20 pounds or whatever. So I just figured a light bulb just went out. Like, man, I can really do this on my own. And I enjoy it. I really mm -hmm. enjoy being able to satisfy the customer. So, so from there, it was like, how can I figure out how to own my own meat market? I was already doing this for a living mm -hmm. for eight plus years. So it was just a transition to how can I do it for myself. Right. I'm going to tell you the thing that I, I respect, um, definitely respect, is when I, I remember when I came in here a couple months ago, and you know, you just talking about, you know, serving the community, serving the people. And you said that at the time about, you know, you know, when you work for somebody else, you have to cut it the way they want to, or, you know, you can't, you can't do it the way you want to. So now, now, when families come in here, even if you say if they're trying to stretch their money to feed a, a family, oh, yeah. you can come in, you can cut the meat how they want it or and serve them the way that, um, that they want to. But if you work for somebody else, you know, working for another company, is this is how it is. You got to take it this way. Yeah. But now, you know, having your own business, like you are um, able to serve the people and um, help stretch stretch meals for families. If the money is tight, you can stretch the meals for them. So I definitely respect the fact that you can, you know, s you know serve these people, you know, make the money stretch. And I think that's definitely going to help a lot of families, especially if they didn't know who you are when, and watching your story now, knowing how you're able to, you know, help the community. I think that's a big plus for a lot of people. Yeah, that's the whole purpose behind this is that, you know, we, we own the store, we can kind of cater to the people on a personal level. Right. So it's like, you come through the door, it's like, what, what, I don't want to send you home with, with what's not going to work for you. When you come in, I want you to leave satisfied. I want you to leave with enough food to get you through the week or to get you through the month. Uh, that's the way, that's the way we do it, man. Uh, and the customers, they love it. You know, they love that they always can walk in here and leave with something to, to, oh, yeah. They got food on the table. Absolutely. So, you talk about, like, right around the pandemic is when you were, uh, making that uh, transition. Was it scary, you know, thinking, you know, with everything shutting down, food shortages, like what made it in your mind states, in your mind say, so you know what, even though the time may not be perfect right now, I'm gonna still go ahead and, you know, just take a chance. I, the pandemic really solidified the fact that we needed this. Because I, I, you know, I saw even the biggest stores run out of meat. Mm -hmm. right? Even the, the, the big box stores, you know, you couldn't go in there and, and get anything, right? So it just showed me that we need something on a smaller scale where maybe everyone, you know, don't rush at once. You know, you might be that small mom and pop shop that everybody don't think about, mm -hmm. but you can still pop in there and get what you need real quick and get in and out and, and go about your thing. They might not carry everything, but they're going to have some of your basic needs. Right. So, so, yeah, it was definitely scary, but it definitely said, I, I, it showed me that. We really need this in the community. When you go to the big grocery store and there's no meat in the counter, then that's you're like, wow. Exactly. If, if all these big grocery stores that we did have depend on for our whole life, been here for years, can't feed us, we have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. So it's like it just showed me that man, I've been given, I've been blessed to learn this trade, to learn this skill. Like, let me go take it to my community. Let me right. go take it to back to my people. You know, on my block where they have a place to go. So. And they're going to remember that it's like, you know, when these shortages and, you know, hey, I found this other spot we can go to. And then they're going to tell other people. So if something like that, hopefully it never happens again. But, I mean, it's still some shortages on certain things. But right. if that does happen, they know they can come here and, and you're going to take care of them. So that's that's definitely a big plus. Um, so that moment finally came. um what solidified, uh, you know, for you to, to just finally take that leap of faith? Because I remember it was crazy because I remember one day early in the morning you came to me and you said, hey, man, what, what's the one thing that um, the, the common denominator you see in all entrepreneurs? And I told you, like, everybody always told me it's, it's never a perfect time. Like, they always say, you know, they just step out on faith and they just, and just whatever it is that they want to do, they just do it. They say it's never a perfect time. And then I think it might have been Calvin. Calvin might have came with him. He's like, man, you heard about Pat? I think it was probably like two weeks later. He, I was like, nah, what happened? He said, man, he uh, put in his two weeks notice. And then when I talked to you, like, yeah, man, you about to go ahead and, and head on out. But, like, 
talk about you know solidifying that move and just you know finally taking that leap of faith. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's no perfect time. Like you can wait and wait and wait and wait, and it's never right. gonna be perfect. Like, so for me, I just really I had to get the courage up, and I just had to go for it. Like I just I just jumped out there. Like time is now. You get no younger. People dying every day, especially in the pandemic. That's a fact. People was dying every day. You know, and, and think about how many of those people went to the graveyard. Like, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something. But like, we was living in a time where you get sick, and two weeks later, you ain't here. You gone, and yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna do it. And me, the thing about me is, I know I'm a worker. Like, I'm gonna work. So mm-hmm. I, I, I might leave my job, but that don't mean I'm, I'm not. I'm get to go chill, put my feet up. No, I gotta go to work. Even work. harder than even more working. You know, on the job. So I was ready for that. I was ready to go put that time in, so I just had to do what had to be done. I, I really felt like I was doing what needed to be done, and that was going out here for the community. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm gonna um, let's. I gotta tie your wife into it now. Dana, she started her business. I think she started before you, right? Yeah, she opened before me. Did that kind of like help? Push you out there even more too, you know, helping her with her business and you know getting her on the ground and up yeah, and running. My, I say all the time, that's my first true love, right? The way we opened that bakery up, uh, especially during the pandemic, that's when restaurants were shutting down. Yeah, we couldn't even go to restaurants, and we we were right there on the back end of that, and it just made me hungry, like to see and to watch her uh, grind that business up and and put it into a manifestation. It really made me hungry and say like, man, I, I want to do that too, and. You know, watching her is an inspiration. You know, to right. see how she do it, it's, it's definitely was an inspiration for me. And so I'm like, well, I can't just talk her up about it. I gotta go. I gotta be about it too. So mm-hmm. you know, I jumped out here too, and that's how we did. Yeah. Did Did she have that? Uh. Um. And we call it the sweet life, the cupcake yeah. shop. Yeah. Did she have? Um. And we wanted her to come on, but I we tried a couple of times, but uh, we're gonna definitely plug in because both of y'all story together so you know y'all are married couple so you know you guys are building this together anyway but for her was it uh did she come from family entrepreneurship or was it watching you you know your family and coming from that family entrepreneurship that kind of like helped inspire her as well for her it was more like inspired by she had this talent like Mm -hmm. my wife she's been doing baking since high school you know since we met so she always had this talent in her but i think it was me pushing her you know, just say like, you know, you can really do it. Cause sometimes we need that push to to, to get out there to do it. I mean, right. She was already doing it. She was already having the customers, and it just made sense for her to, to go out here and do it. You know, she already had the customers lined up. You know, she had been baking for two mm-hmm. three years from home, and so it was just it felt right. The time was right. You know, and everything kind of fell into place with that. So right. I definitely gave her that push. You know, and she get a lot of support from her family while they. Not that I know have been in entrepreneurship, but they definitely, you know, like what she's doing and support what she's doing. Yeah. They, they proud to see it. You know, it's always got to be a first in every family. So. Absolutely. And I remember early in the mornings, man, uh, I used to see it sometimes with a, a shirt on that said, uh, these sweets and treats at times. Yeah. But it didn't click in my mind that she, you know, she baked at the time. And then when I when we finally talked about it. And she's like, yeah, I've been baking for a while. And then she would show me pictures of, like, some of the, the work she did. And I was like, man, this is legit. Like, you definitely need to go for it, man. And um, just seeing where both of y'all came from, man, and, and doing the stuff that y'all doing, man. And just, like, talking to y'all early in the morning, having those early morning conversations, man. And just seeing y'all to uh, seeing y'all just take that leap of faith and, you know, letting go of that, that safety net. Um I mean, it's just been special. But were y'all at all hesitant? Because you know, a lot of times when you when you talk about you know leaving your job, and, and I'm pretty sure you, you heard the same thing too. When when you talk to people, especially where we work at, they will say stuff like, "You got good benefits. They pay you good." So that stuff will kind of play in your mind. Like, man, am I really ready to let this go? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about you know just in general you about know, just letting go of that safety net? Excuse me. It's always gonna be you know something. That, that can hold you to the job. I mean, that's what it's there for. And, and especially if you have a good job, exactly. you know, they, they're going to give you the good pay. They're going to give you the good benefits. But at the end of the day, it's, if you aspire to do more, then you're going to have, you got to let that go. If you, if you want to do more, if you want to, you know, achieve more, then you have to, you have to move on. You might have to keep that job for a little bit, you know, while you grinding towards a stepping stone. And to me, that's, that's all 
a good job is for. I, I want to use that as a stepping stone to get to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Even the place you work for, somebody started that company. Yeah. Right? You working for someone who was an entrepreneur. They had a vision. Right. So imagine yeah. if that person said, oh, I'm going stick to stick to what I'm doing because I got good benefits and good insurance. You never give yourself that opportunity to create something. Mm-hmm. Who's to say I, I won't go out here and create that company that now provides good benefits and good insurance and whatnot? So it's always it's always going to be something that can hold you back. But you know, if you have faith, then you really got to test your faith. You mm-hmm. really got to put it out there and say, okay, I'm gonna go and and, and do what I got to do for myself, and everything gonna fall in place. Most definitely, I think you know, probably entrepreneurship is the closest. There's the the biggest thing that's really gonna test your faith because oh, because man it's like you said they they say thing that is gone and like you're back against the wall and like that's when everything is is really on you it's like when you go clock in you know as long as you there you show up on time and, and do what you're supposed to do you're gonna get a paycheck but right. then when it's on you it's like man it's your it's the it, grind it, it put the pressure on you mm-hmm. Gotta know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not that person that can go out here and, and work and go after it and go get mm-hmm. it, then then it may not be for you. It's not for everybody. Yeah, that's you know? true. Or if you're not that person that's willing to, you know, maybe work a part time job while until you can get a steady paycheck from your business, then maybe it's not for you. You know, everybody wants the title. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you really want to put in the work to get there? You know. Exactly. So, and it's. Not- it's it's a full time grind, man. It's it's a lot of work. Like people might look at you and see, man, Pat got all this, but they don't know everything you had to go through. Man, I gave up a lot, and people who know me personally, they know. You know, they know what I gave up. You know, so mm-hmm. so it's definitely you got you got to be willing to put that work in. But for me, it's like I know what's on the other side of this. It's it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know anybody. You know, even all the entrepreneurs, it's like you can't. I remember Ben used to always tell me, say, you can't be normal and great at the same time. And it's like, I don't really know how you can, you know, do both for so long, like forever. It's like at some point in time, it's like they start start clashing. It's like, man, eventually you got to break away. Like every entrepreneur that I, I hear them say that all the time. It's like, man, so at some point you just got to, you know, just take the leap of faith, bet on yourself and just let go because you don't know what's going to be on the other side unless you finally let go and just go all in on it, man. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's something I still battle with. It's, it's scary, but I know at the same time, it's like, man, you can get in your own head, but you cannot let those things hold you back from going, especially if it's something that you know that you're really passionate about. But it's like like watching people you're around and watching stuff that you feed yourself because, man, if, if you don't, man, it's stuff you can, you can get in your own head and then you never know, like, what you missing out when you don't take a chance. But I want to ask you about the name Black Sheep Market. Like, wh- how did you come up with the name and what's the meaning behind it? Uh, so the name, I mean, it's a play on a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to, um, you know, pride myself on kind of going to, uh, my own way. You know, I, I even even while working for a company, you know, I'm going to do it the way I always seen it needed to be done or, mm-hmm. or how it was, you know, to take care of, you know, my people. You know, so it's like, well, some people would go with the crowd. I'm going to go against it. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna do, you know, the opposite. And it's definitely got to play on the fact that, you know, I raised farm animals. You know, my first farm animals uh, was Barbados Black Belly Sheep. And so okay. my kids, when we were storm playing, with, you know, playing around with the name brainstorming and whatnot, you know, they kind of came up with the name Black Sheep. And so we took it um, and we ran with it. And so we ran with the logo. Uh, my kids, you may not know this, but a lot of people know that I'm a big fan of the Piglet Wiggly. I've always been a fan of the Piglet Wiggly because where they go into the communities and they go into the neighborhoods where nobody else will go. Mm-hmm. Right? They put That's the, true. They put the stores where nobody else will go. Maybe the big uh, high-end box stores won't go there, but the Piggly Wiggly, they don't show up yeah. and take care of the community. So for me, it was like, man, I would love to have, you know, you know, a, a strong brand. You know, when you hear the name Black Sheep, it's like, wow, what is that? Well, you, you don't know what it is. I had people tell me they thought it was a tattoo shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, don't know, they don't know what it is, you know, until you come in and you see what we're about and you see, you know, how we take care of our people and how we provide. And you say, wow, you know, that's, that's it's different. It's like no other, man. It's mm-hmm. not many places where you can go in and they know you by name. 
they know what you need, they know what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's it's completely different. So that's how we rock yeah. with the name. You, like you know, I never even thought about it until you said it about you know like Piggly Wiggly. You know, they go to like these smaller communities, they, and you and like you never even think about it. And it's like you really don't even see a lot of them now. No. It's like we we used to have ones years ago down in uh in Union, and then uh. Well, my daughter's grandmother stays at down in the lower state in Charleston. They got one down there, but it's like, man, like you said, it's like a, a small, a very small community where they are, yeah. and it's like you, it's really hard to find them. So, is that kind of something like you plan on doing, like, yeah, yeah, going to like more like smaller community, like you, I guess, because of where you're from, like you want to cater more to those smaller yeah, communities. We, we want to be when you think of Black Sheep Market, I want you to think of the convenient meat market, right? So. We want to be able to take these stores, and this is the hub, right? But we want to be able to go into any community. We can go into any urban city, any food desert, and we can put a small meat market, and we can train a skilled meat cutter and have them in that shop so they can serve the basic needs of the community. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I look at it. Uh, we may not have 20, 30 different of the same item on the shelf, but we have your basic needs. And so the ultimate goal of Black Sheep Market would be to expand into food deserts particularly and put those um, in the communities that don't have access to fresh uh, meats, fresh produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of places, they're not, like, they don't have, they can't get to a grocery store within like 30 miles. So we've yeah. already, you know, been expanding. We've already um, been down to uh, Calhoun Falls, you know, sending truckloads of meat. We already sent uh, last week, you know, a truck of meat to South Greenville, to places where some of the big grocery stores will not go. But we are able to, to go into these small spaces and, and do what we need to do and take care of the people. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that gives you an advantage, one of the advantages over, like, major companies because you can go into those communities yeah, and, and help those people out? That's yeah, one of your biggest advantages? I, I think the advantage is, you know, we are of the people. So when we there selling the meats and stuff to the community, you know, they, they looking in the mirror because, you know, we come from the same background. And to be put a face to the to put a face to the company black sheep market they know that they support a family business who's trying to do right in the community um, if you look at it historically in, in especially in a lot of our urban areas we'll have a pop-up liquor store or a pop-up cigarette shop that's a fact but we don't have a pop-up fresh fruits meats and vegetable place so mm-hmm. why can't black sheep market be the first to do that and go into these communities and pop up with fresh you know access to fresh meats and fresh vegetables Absolutely. That's what we're looking to do. Mm-hmm. I want to talk. I want you to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, like I said, I came in here. You showed me around when you, before you first opened it up. Well, opened up the shop. Um, but kind of talk a little bit about like leading up to opening day and like what was uh, what was it like? Um, you know, leading up to it. I was so nervous. Yeah. I mean, you talk about. I literally quit my job in. I quit my job in February. Yep. Uh, and then I was. I was in this shop. We had this shop open by the end of August. So, I mean, I remember being here till like 3, 4 a.m. the night before opening, still putting numbers in the scale, still like labeling stuff, you know. So it was just, it was just the fact that we needed to get the doors open and get the, the business going. So leading up into it, it was just all like all gas, no brakes. We were mm-hmm. just running me, my brothers, my family, my, my wife, my dad, everybody. Anybody who walked through that door was here to help. You know, I had friends off the street coming to help, and it was just push, push, push to get the doors open because we knew uh, we didn't have, like, all the funding and stuff right away from the gate to really open the place. We knew once we got it open and once we started doing what we needed to do, that the community was going to come. Like, we, I never I never doubted that the community was going to show up and support me. Like, without one, I never doubted that part. I just wanted to be able to deliver, to, to live up to the expectations and give them what they deserve. You know what I'm saying? Like I never doubted that they would show up and, and support us. The way they do. And because you also had that experience, like you kind of knew it was kind of like a smoother transition. For, not saying everything was easy, but you had that experience in the yeah. past, and you took that and you carried it over into you know into your own business. Oh, yeah. But I, I think I want to let you talk about it as well because you know I tell people you might not love everything about your job, but it's a it's a blessing and a lesson in in everything that you do. So whatever you're doing may not be a job that you want permanently, but temporarily it's always something that you can learn from. Because I remember in the past, like I, I told people all the time, man, when I was at the radio station, 
man, I work. I stayed an hour away from the radio station. I only made ten dollars an hour. So I just look at it as like, man, I just want to get a foot in the door and learn. So I took that experience from just being on the radio, learning the format of like a, a real radio show. And they taught me how to edit my own audio. So I took that and turned it into what I'm doing now. But the pay, I mean, it wasn't worth it. Most, I know, you know, most people, you know, they'll look at how much they're going to bring home from it. And like they wouldn't, they would turn down a job. But I was looking at it as like potentially what it could be in the long term. But talk a little bit about, you know, if you have a job for so because I want people to understand like what you what you're building but the importance of like whatever job that you have take those lessons from that job and use it to like fuel your future oh yeah I think one of my favorite authors uh, I, I listen to a lot of books and one of my favorite authors like John Acuff uh, one of the last books I read up until uh, before I before I quit my job was a book called Quitter by John Acuff and in that book he talked about falling in love with the job you hate and mm. what, what, he, what he's saying about it is like exactly what you just said. Like this job could be, you know, could be the training that you need to get out here on y'all. The job that you're doing, it could very well be teaching you everything you need to know to go out here and, and be self-sufficient on your own. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've been in uh, retail groceries since I was 19 years old. I've done everything from being a janitor to being a manager. So I've been like, you know, what they call the lowest entry level to, to the top and mm -hmm. along every step of that way I learned something you know I learned how to keep my place clean how to keep my mm -hmm. place neat you know how to make it smell good how to do all of those things to to even going to be the manager to you know, when I became a manager of cutting meat I had never cut meat in my life I had never picked up a knife so I had to learn all of those things and I was fortunate to be on a good job to learn to learn those things so it's, it's good when you can look at your job and, and learn from it and take those things that you are learning, those skills, and then apply it to yourself. There's nothing wrong with, you know, taking those skills that you learn and applying it to yourself in your everyday life. It's, it's, it's schooling. You know, we're getting paid. Mm -hmm. And I think two things that, like, a job could uh, teach you just right off the back is, you know, being on time and being disciplined. Like, those right. two things, you automatically, so... It, that's what any job that you have because nobody's gonna put up with you, you know showing up on your own time so especially when you have your own business you want to be on time you want to be professional and right. you know always be like a man or man or woman of the people you know serve your community and whatever whatever you're doing so off the bat those are some things that you can always take from any job and take it to the next job or if you want to start your own business um have you ever had moments you know um I know everything probably wasn't great when you first opened up, but you did you ever have moments, or do you have moments where you, you know, you, you I'm not you're not gonna quit what you're doing. You love what you do, but do you ever have times where you still have questions like, "Dang man, is this, you know, am I really doing it? Like this is harder than I thought it would." Do you ever have those kind of questions? It's always, it's always a little, you know, harder than you thought it would be. because me, like I'm the type of person like I'll, I'll leap then look. You know, that's just always me as a person. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this, do this, and this. And my wife, she's like, how? And I'm like, I don't know how, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I think I can do it. You know, so right. um, man, I remember days sitting in here, and I might have two customers a day, and I'm talking, I might be open eight hours, and I'm definitely thinking like, man, what did I do? Yeah. Like I, you know, I just. I just left my good job, you know, to sit in here and sell two packs of hamburgers. You know, <laughs> like, whew. but if you if it's something that you really believe in, then you got to give it time. You got to give it time to manifest. You know, it don't happen overnight. Right. You know, you got to you got to put the time in. You got to put the work in because you know we all guilty of looking at an entrepreneur and, or or somebody and see the end result. But we never really know the journey that it took for them to get there, you know, whether they were sleeping in their car or whether they was, you know, eating ramen noodles the whole time mm -hmm. until until it really came into fruition. So for me, I definitely had those days. I definitely, you know, even even today, you still had those moments where it's like, man, like, wow, you know, this is this is it's tough. You know, it's tough. You know, it's it's tough. But at the same time, if you if you really working towards something, you got to stick it out. You got to give it that time to mm -hmm. manifest. You know? I, I think as, as for every entrepreneur, just understanding, especially for me, what helps me get get through a lot of stuff that I battle with in my own head is like understanding that everything that you're doing is is bigger than you, bigger than the individuals like, man, because you, you're serving people and, and you don't know who 
your journey is inspiring, man. Like, you never know. Like, I have time when people reach out to me and tell me, people I don't even know tell me, like, that I've inspired them to, to do something. Or even with my book, people buy my book that I don't even know. But it's just like going through those things. It's like, man, you know, I have moments where I'm down. But at the same time, when you see how you can impact somebody else's journey and and help them get through whatever they're going through. Because a lot of times, most people won't tell you, especially looking at social media, like everybody just winning or living their best life. But deep down, a lot of people are going through things, man. And uh, just understanding, like, your your journey and the stuff that you're going through can help somebody else get through what they're going through, man. Just understanding it's, it's a bigger purpose in life. I think that's, for me, is one of the things that kind of, like, helped me get through stuff. And even though now, like, I still, everything ain't perfect. Like, and when people see me moving and traveling, like, it's not as easy as they think it is. It's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, man. And it's a and a lot of money that that's, that's going out as well. But it's just not like I'm just... You know, living this this glamorous life, man. It's a it's a grind. It's a full time journey. But the thing is, man, I have some some bigger goals, and I want to help other people achieve their th- their goals as well. So it's just like, man, understanding like your purpose and and doing it for a bigger purpose is what kind of like helps push me through to get through um get to where I'm trying to go as well. But I want to um man, you had a picture that I wanted to ask you about, and something I definitely could relate to as well. Like your, I think it might have been opening day, but it's one of the pictures. Well, um, man, just about, you know, just getting emotional. I think you were hugging your mom, I believe, or your grandma. Yeah, my grandma. Yeah. yeah. And talk, talk about that moment, too, man, because uh, I, I could definitely relate to, you know, having that emotional moment. I think about, man, I, I get teary. I think about it because it's like, if you think, man, you know, my grandmother, you know, she grew up in the 60s. You know what I mean? Mm. So, obviously, we know what that time was. Oh, yeah. What that time was like, you know, especially for African Americans here. So, to see... Like my grandmother walked through the doors of my own grocery store, meat market, you know, and be my first customer. You know, when she come from a day, you know, where she couldn't go to every store, she, you know, wasn't accepted in any store. So to see that, it just, it just really hit me. You know, it really, it really made me emotional to the fact that, you know, she's standing in, in my own meat market. You know, and uh, you know, in doing some research, there's really not many. African American owned grocery stores out here, man. It's not it's not a whole a lot of us. So for for her to be able to walk into one, you know, and see it was just it was a smile blowing. And uh, yeah. and not only that, just the support, man. Just the support of her. I mean she come in here and check on me, bring me lunch, you know, just sit down with me when there was no customers in here to keep me company and tell me to keep my head up. Yeah. So that it just was, you know, she she played a big part of my upbringing. I lived with my grandma for a good portion of my high school, you know, and so it just, it was just, yeah. yeah, emotional. Yeah, I, I could definitely relate, man, because I, um, I had that moment at my book signing, man, where I, I cried, and it was just like everything that I put into it, man, and, you know, to have the support and uh, my family there. Um, and then I remember shouting out Calvin, man. He came on. He been coming on the road with me for interviews, man, and it was times – I, I never even told him it was, I was going to put it in my I'm going to still put it in my next book but it was a time when we rode to Charleston to shoot uh, a couple of interviews and uh, there was, he said that was the first time he ever went to Charleston but we rode down there and in my car I was man I was broke I was still working part time and I was broke and uh, ride down there I didn't even know I didn't even have insurance on my car at the time so we just riding and I'm just like I didn't find out till later on like they had canceled my insurance because I was late making my payment but man just those days man just being on the road you know money tight and um, just still going keeping my head up and then my book signing uh, having my family and friends come there and then I remember my aunt uh, she texted me like the next day after my book signing and and told me that I, I inspired her to go after her dreams. Like, that's big. This this woman helped raise me with my parents. Like, she, uh, for her to say that, like, that I inspired her to go after her dreams, man, that was powerful. But, you know, to, to see something that you created and had this vision, oh, yeah. even though when things may not look promising, but you hold on to this vision and you see how it brings so many people together and they come out and support you, man, that's that's a powerful feeling, man, especially when you when you work so hard and you go through all these things. So I definitely had to ask you about, you know, uh, that moment right there when I saw that picture. That was golden, man. I never, that's something I never forget. Most definitely. 
Who, who would you say was like your uh your men? Did you have any mentors growing up? Your 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 siblings do they are they entrepreneurs? I think you say you got a brother that has a, yeah. a video game yeah, business. Both my, my my younger sister she has she does uh, a mobile nail uh, unit, mm -hmm. and then my my older brother he does a he has a video game lounge and mobile video gaming, and so that's that's kind of what they into. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of rubbed off on them as well. I was gonna say I feel like man, to me I feel like that kind of not saying that that you that you necessarily go that route, but I think. That helps tremendously as far as like, if you see your parents uh, being entrepreneurs or running their own business, I kind of feel like it's kind of like ingrained to you in a, in a sense that you say, okay, my parents did it, so now if they can do it, then I think I can. Oh, yeah. But if you don't grow up seeing it, yeah. then it's like you go, you gonna kind of lean more towards the other way. Not saying it's impossible, but I think if you kind of grow up in that environment and seeing somebody that looks like you, especially like your close blood and your family, have that uh run up run their own business i think they have helps have a huge advantage you know on your yeah, in your I agree, journey yeah, i agree because you, you get to see them and see the day in and day out so mm -hmm. like, me i hope you know my kids you know my two daughters see me and my wife doing it and i hope it helps them make a decision to like hey i, mm -hmm. I would really love to own my own business or the mom and dad crazy they work a whole lot of hours i don't want to do that you know so right either way it go they get to see it and i think that's important to, to have, you know, so they can see another aspect besides, you know, working a traditional nine to five. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the big one of the biggest things though is you probably gonna work more than what you actually would on a traditional nine to five. Like, cause at the end of the day, it's yours. So I mean, yeah. which is it's a rewarding feeling, but that's just like the work is just getting started when it's your own business. And then you got to really put in the in the work to um to get it to where you want to be. Um, it don't stop. Right, and you got to put in even even after even if you do work a nine to five, you still have to match that same intensity when you get off to build what you want to build, man. And it's you got to understand that it's like a full time grind. We got a few more questions, and we'll get ready to wrap it up. You know, you talk about putting those those hours in, and, and a lot of the things you had to go through. What was one of the sacrifices, if not the biggest sacrifice, you feel like you had to make? You know, on your journey. Make it to everything, or knowing that you may not make it to every event and do this, but 
when you really sit down and look at it, it's just, you know, you have a nine to five, you still got to ask off. You still got to make sure you can get the time off in time or worry about if somebody else is off. So you, it definitely just plays with your mind a little bit more being is that it's your own business because you you 100% responsible for it. And so you got to be there no matter what. Uh, but when you really break it down, you still got to ask off from, from the job or whatever. Yeah, right. So I would say that that's been the biggest challenge or the biggest, you know, uh, thing that I've had to adapt to is not being there all the time or maybe having to miss one or miss two. And you just, you know, you, you make it what you can and you still be the best parent you can be. And you just praying for, you know, a reward on the back end to where you can take care of your family. You know with what you have set out to become so. mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's for me that's that's the biggest challenge because i don't i at this point I, I i like to ask entrepreneurs about balance but i don't really know if it's if you if you can really balance because it's just like i mean it's gonna be like you you gonna it's like a give and take like it's yeah it's gonna be some things you can make like you said some things that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to miss like you said the kids they don't they they don't really understand it when they're young like that all the time. But like like you said, they just want to see mommy and dad. That's all they that's all they want to see at the end of the day. Like the right. business, yeah, it's cool and we like what we can get, but at the same time for the most part, they just want your time. Yeah. Like at the end of the day. And so it's that's one of the toughest things for real really because like I said, I'm getting ready to uh I'm I'm back on the road uh this weekend and it's just like man, I'm you know, missing some more time but I just like understand like for the bigger picture and like I was talking to my son about, you know, you want to, you want this big house, and I said you want your room upstairs or downstairs. So like, we, uh, talk about these things, but understand, you know, I got to go out and you know, got to uh, make, make it happen, man. So you know, just hearing those things and asking about a, a big room um, and staying upstairs, man. So it's kind of like extra motivation, but you know, at the same time, it's, it may be times where I may miss a practice or, or here or there. Um, but you know, for the big reward, man. I'm, for me, I think it's one of those things where you have to ask yourself: Are you willing to make that sacrifice to, yeah. you know, to get what you you uh what you want in in life? In your family, you know, having an understanding, you know, at least to some degree, helps, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, having some, like being on that somewhat page where like you got to know it's just something like you got to draw the line. Like there's no way I can miss this. Right. So. You just gotta draw the line some places, and, and you gotta know where you can, you know, pull and push, and where and something like there's just no chance. You know, I gotta, I gotta, and that's a that's a good part about being an entrepreneur, though, is that you know you can somewhere have some control of that, you know, mm-hmm. to to a certain extent. Do you feel like it helps you that you and your wife are both entrepreneurs, like full time entrepreneurs? Now, does that do you feel like it helps working is an advantage now because? what you hit your work ethic and her work ethic is like y'all have to like this is what y'all have now so do you feel like that helps y'all even though y'all still have children that helps with both of y'all being entrepreneurs balancing yeah i mean because we, we vibe off each other you know and it's mm-hmm. you know like i said that's my biggest inspiration for everything i do in this shop is that you know i know that we, we piggyback off each other and we have the type of businesses to where you know it's, it's both in food and it's both uh, serving people and hers is more niche, you know, so she's able to cater her schedule around, you know, what she needs and, and what she does. Uh, but it's, it's definitely, I think it helps. Um, I like the fact that, you know, we both can, you know, plan accordingly as far as like what we need to do to, to take care of the community and then what we need to block out to make sure we got time to take care of ourselves and take care of our family. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, it, it's, it's beneficial for both of us, you know, doing it that way. Plus. It, it, we both involved in the grind, so I understand where she at. She understand where I'm at, and and it just, it, I guess, it solidifies the bond because we know we both grinding for something. And, mm-hmm. You know, we you know we see it, and I appreciate her grind. She appreciates my grind, so. I think it go hand in hand. And shout out to Dana too, man, because I, I remember when you, I remember one time you was talking to me and you was like, "Yeah, man, you were actually helping her open up her shop," and you was like, "Yeah, man, she she sacrificed a lot for me." You like even when the times where you were trying different business vision, like you said, even when you were rapping, you know, you said she might not have understood it, but she still like fully supported you on your grind. So, so it was like you only felt like it was only right for you to you know kind of like help her get to where she wanted to go uh, and get her business up and running so how did that feel you know having a wife and having her like stand by your side through everything that you're going through and help you even though and you help her get what, her, what she's going get to where she wanted to go and then her helping you to where you were trying to go as well 
And it's like it's like grinding up with your with your best friend, like literally. Mm-hmm. So it's like having your right hand, you know, right there with you the whole time. Because <clears throat> like for me, for us to be able to grind up that bakery, the sweet life bakery, mm-hmm. it's just like, man, wow. Like this is something we dream about, something we talked about to now see it, me and you, we put it together and we made it work. Like I always say this. Win, lose, or draw, I could close the doors on any shop tomorrow. We did it. You know, and yeah. that's something that that nobody can take because you can either go to the grave saying, man, I gave it my all, or man, I wish I would have tried. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like we, one or the other, but you, you can't do both, right? So you either got to go for it or, or, you, or you're going to just sit there and say, man, what if, what if, what if? So for us to both be able to do that and, you know, for me to see her go first, it just it made me want to go even harder because I know that you know you know we we competitive so it's like when I see her go hard I gotta go harder so it just it's it's a fun it's fun, fun. and then you you guys are doing it like at home like born and raised like it's always like it's like a full circle thing it's like yeah. you guys were able to you know you started your business but one thing to to start one but then at home was that something intentional or was it just like yeah, just building building something at home most definitely intentional man we put these shops right over here because this is where we're from. You know, little did I know, like, me and my wife, even before I knew it, we grew up only five minutes from each other. And I didn't even know that. You know, we ended up meeting in high school at Wade Hampton. But, like, it's like we've been in this area the whole time. So it, it works in our favor because we get the most hometown support. You know, I got family here. She got family here. All our friends are here. You know, and so it, it's... It just it's a blessing to be right here and to get the support right here and not have to go to a whole nother city or a whole nother state to, to do it. Mm-hmm. But right here we feel very comfortable where we at and it's like we giving back to the community. Like we just, you know, brought everything we learned and all our talents that we had and we just poured in the community in hopes that we can bless somebody with it. Absolutely. Talk about serving up, serving communities. I, I saw the picture you posted a few, is a couple of days ago. You were saying something about along the lines of, you never even imagined that you would be able, you serving all these different communities. Like you would send meat to all these other places. Talk a little bit about you know the the, the meaning behind just you know serving these different communities. That's something that like I didn't envision. Like, I thought that I would just have this little shop. Sit in here, cut a piece of meat here, a piece of meat here, there, and, mm-hmm. and you know. But you know, they always say like, when God have a different plan for you, then you know. It, and I'll never forget my old pastor walked in here one day after I had closed up shop. This was maybe two, three weeks into me opening. Mm-hmm. And when he walked in, he, you know, he, he said hello. You know, we spoke, and then he said, you know what? Excuse me, I gotta pray. And when he prayed, he just spoke and he talked about his vision of me. You know, supplying communities with meat who don't have anything and sending meat to different towns. And, and here we are, you mm-hmm. know, one year later, you know, thank goodness for my pops who saw that same vision and invested in the refrigerated truck. To, so now we can, you know, take the meat to the community. Whereas I didn't even see that vision. So that's exactly. why it's important to have people around you who believe in you because they may see something in a manner that you didn't even yes. see. 100%. And, 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 and so that's bigger than I had, you know, even imagined. So now, you know, we cutting meat and sending it to other communities where they don't have grocery stores. And that's just it still blows my mind. And that's and that's a major blessing, man. And and, and not not telling anybody what to uh believe in, but I know uh, well, I would say God has a bigger vision, a bigger plan for you than you can ever even dream of. Like whatever we have mapped out in our own heads, like it's gonna be something even bigger, like something you couldn't even imagine, like you were saying, like, man, you just thought you were gonna have your shop and serve your community. But now you you you're branching out and serving so many different people, man. And that's one thing about it; they gonna always remember that and remember your business. So when they need, when it's a time of need, these people gonna come back and they are gonna come back and always, you know, fully support you, man. But that's definitely a blessing, man, to see the stuff you, that you're doing, man. And now I said, when I just watching your journey, man, I, I always appreciate it, man. And like I said, you know, when you serve other people, man, they are gonna always help you get to where you need to go. And if and it's not always it might not always be in terms of money, but whatever they can do to support you, right. they're gonna help you to get to where you're trying to go because you you helping them and you returning a favor. So, man, just just doing what you're doing is uh is is a is a big blessing. How do you feel overall, like that you've grown um 
as a as a man just as a person overall just you know since you started your business and like you on your own entrepreneurial journey how do you feel like you've grown um but i feel like you know i definitely you know have strengthened my faith you know mm -hmm. um definitely strengthened um a lot of relationships you know having to lean on family lean on my wife um you know strengthen that bond because when you start a business you don't know you know as an entrepreneur you put your big idea out into this world, and you don't know if that how that idea is gonna be perceived, mm -hmm. perceived if people gonna love it or they gonna hate it. So, yeah. know, for me, it just like it, it makes you a real humble person to be able to put an idea out there, and people say, "Man, you know that guy has something there," or you know we're gonna fully support that, and, and to go with it. You know they say you know most businesses. You know, don't succeed what passed, you know, after the first five years, mm -hmm. you know, so you, you don't know, business can change overnight, but we definitely feel like, like where we at right now, um, you know, we feel good about where we're going, um, we've, we've, we've definitely, you know, tested the faith heavily, but mm -hmm. we're still here, you know, we you know, one year later, we just made our one year anniversary, and we're still here, so. Hey, you went by fast, too, so man. Fast. Yeah. I mean, so fast Oof. we learn so much and it just gets you prepared like what can I do better for the next one the next mm -hmm. one because you never want to stop you know trying to be better and, and, and doing more so mm -hmm. man it, it made me when you talk about you know growing as a person and testing your favorite made me think about man I was talking to Paulo today and he was telling me about he got a family he got a cousin down in Florida and I think uh or it might be wrong, but he, I mean, he might have a, a roofing company, or I forgot what kind of company he had. And um, he was saying, man, his cousin started his own business, and it was crazy because he said they were just about to lose everything, the house, everything they had, because his, his cousin started his own business. He said, right when, right when things like it was over with, he said, Thank, something just happened, and business just turned around, and he said his cousin making a killing now. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, man, you just had to hold on just because just when you think it's over with, man, things can just turn around. And I was like, man, that was crazy when you talk about, you know, leaning on that faith because at times, like, it's, it's all you're going to have, man, well, with your yeah, family and your faith. You might not have a dollar in your pocket, but you better have some faith. Most definitely. That's the, the only thing that'll get you through. Oh, my, absolutely. Cool. A few more questions. What would you say is, like, the best advice that you receive? I say some of the you know the most simple but best advice that I ever got is just don't give up. Like you really you really gotta give it time to, to, to grind up and to go. If you have, you know, if you got that gumption to put it out here, give it that time and that effort to, to grow it. Uh, plenty of days I sat in here like, man, I don't know, you know, if this gonna work. I had two customers all day. I might sell five pounds of ground beef for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, it's just, I had people come through that door and I, I think some of them could sense it. Like they could sense the tenseness. They could just sense the, that I was down. And I mean, I couldn't tell you how many people came through that door and before they left. They're like, let me pray for you or, or keep your head up or, hey, I don't care how many customers you had today. You keep your head up and you smile. And I think that was just some of the some of the best advice because little did they know they might have just came in and I might have just got done wiping away my tears mm. because I was in here just like man this is not working you know nobody coming through the doors you know and, and they I think they could just really sense it and uh, they would come in and maybe once or twice a week somebody say they'd be walking out the door and they turn around and say hey young man I want to tell you something you know don't give up don't you keep going you keep I don't care how many customers you got. And that's just probably that's that stuff right there got me through, especially through the early times. Absolutely. What would you um, so for you? You know, you say some of the best advice that you received, but for people who want to pursue their dreams or go after what they want to do in life, what it may not necessarily be a become becoming an entrepreneur, but any what advice would you give them for somebody who wants to you know pursue their dreams? I think you gotta. I think you gotta go for it. You gotta sit back. And you gotta realize that time waits for no one. That's and a fact. You can you can talk about it, you can plan it, you can write about it till you're blue in the face. But until you go for it, then you're not gonna satisfy that itch. You can read every book out there, and, but at some point in time, you gotta if you're gonna take a trip, you gotta take the trip. If you wanna open a business, 
you gotta start the LLC. You gotta do it because we we all live life as if we promise tomorrow. Like we all mm -hmm. like wake up, oh I'm gonna do this next week, I'm gonna do that. But in reality, we really know that there's not it's no guarantee in none of that. It's a fact. So I think if we really look at life that way and we really say like we really not guaranteed tomorrow, you gotta really start putting stuff in motion. It may not happen overnight, but you gotta take steps every day to get where you want. So mm -hmm. I look at it and say, you know, if you wanna open a business, if you wanna do something in your life, you wanna do something in your current career, you gotta do it. You, you time passing us by. Yep. Every day we getting older. Nobody getting younger. Every mm -hmm. day. And you know, it's still I know it's I know it's, you know, older, but it still hits me hard that Kobe Bryant passed away. It, it still hit me, me too. to this day because I'm like, that's Kobe Bryant. You know? I thought he was going to be here forever. And, and when you say, like, man, time waits on nobody. nobody. And uh, that was one of the biggest pushes for us opening the bank. It was right around that time. And I, mm -hmm. I really, it really, I never I never met Kobe a day in my life. But it really hit me hard. That, that know, was my favorite player. Right, yeah, and it's like. And you look at it, every award. All the ring championship rings, or, or everything he had, all the money, and he can't take none of it with him. None so it's like, man, you like you said, time waits on no man. And that was like what two years ago? It was 2020, and you see, that's two years ago since the pandemic and everything. And look how much time has passed. Like you said, time don't wait on nobody. And it's we get ready to be in September now. So it's it's like like man, it's. And we said that's a fact. Like time waits on nobody. Whatever you want to do, you got to get after, man. Because the you know, longer you say you're gonna do it, the next day or the next week or whatever, man, you just losing time. And like we ain't promised nothing, man. So you gotta, you definitely gotta get after. Um, so for you, as we get ready to wrap this interview up, like what are some some goals, uh, some some other goals or some things that you can share that you want to accomplish, um, like as far as um with the black sheep market. One of the biggest goals with the Black Sheep Market is to expand. Like we want to expand, and we want to be in those communities. Like I said, the same way they can put the liquor stores up, the same way they put the cigarette shops up, we feel like that we can put small meat markets in urban cities, especially our food deserts, mm -hmm. especially the places that don't have grocery stores within 30 miles. We can come in on a small scale. I'm talking. This shop is only 2,000 square feet. Uh, so we can come in on a small scale and be able to, you know, put a shop and put a place where people in that community can get their basic needs met. And that is the overall, the big picture. I see myself training young butchers so that, uh, you know, these young men and women can grow up and have a skill and have a trade and be in the community to service their community. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a, it's a dying art that, that I would love to revive, you know, be able to train people. And, and teach them how they can open their own black sheep market and how they can fill the, the needs of the community as well. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, we already on track with that, you know, taking the truck to the community. And, you know, I think I think right now we, we doing we're doing what we set out to do. And that's the that's the thing that keeps me driving because we, we right on track doing what we set out to do. Absolutely. My last and final question that I ask everybody, this is the Cross the Line Podcast self investment tour. So my final question <coughs> Is what does self investment mean to you? you gotta bet on yourself. You gotta you gotta bet on yourself and, and you gotta see it in yourself. If nobody else they'll see it in you. You gotta invest in yourself first. You gotta you gotta you gotta water your own seeds. You know, if you want them to grow, you gotta put the time in, you gotta water your own seeds. So, you know, I admire everything you've done, man, seeing you on this journey. Appreciate it. And man. uh, you know, I think you 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 you're the definition of investing in yourself, you know. So you gotta keep going. That's you know, a fact. I, I, I watch you, man, and I, you know, some of the interviews and yeah, and seeing how you transition and how you growing. I, I think, you know, water yourself, man, and that's keep the definition of self investment. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate your support, man. Like I always said, like I, I enjoy those early morning conversations we used to have in the morning, man. You know, just talking about grinding and the things we trying to do, man, the places we going, man. So. I really appreciate that, man. Just knowing that you watch the interviews and you would tell me the ones that you saw and everything and stuff you hear in them, man. Like it, it means a lot to me, you know, for you, to hear you say that you watch the interviews and you know, 
picking picking learning stuff from what those entrepreneurs are saying and then you know you know taking those skills and and tying it into what you're doing man so i definitely appreciate that for real man it's that mean a lot but um before we get out of here man can you tell everybody how to uh find you find you in your business yeah man you can reach us we have black sheep market Located at 2301 Way, Hatton Boulevard, down here in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Sheep GBL. And you can hit us up on the website at uh, BlackSheepGBL.com. You can hit us up there. Absolutely. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross Line Podcast. Please come out and support, man. This is a, like I said, every time I walk in here, man, I'm always inspired, man, because you're seeing. Like those early morning grinds we had together, um, punching the clock, and just to see where you are now, man, building your own business and your journey, and the, the things that you got ahead of you, man. Cause like I definitely believe in you when you say you're gonna expand and get into these other the smaller communities, man, the ones that need that need your services, man. Like I definitely see it coming. Like you're already on your way to doing it now. So um, I think I think what you're doing now is major for all for everybody who's watching this. And um, I appreciate you again, Pat, for taking time to sit down with me. Even though we didn't get Dana to come on. We still, yeah, we we gonna work on that, but Dana, we still made sure we plugged you in though. But Pat, I appreciate you again, man. I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I'm always here, man. We definitely gonna always support you. So any way you need us, man, you know we gonna be here for you. And so, so hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross Line Podcast. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.